Coming up, the number one fantasy book podcast, breaking down the scrolls and spells of nerd culture. We're Phantology. You may have heard of us. Despite all odds, the ring trying to get rid of Gollum, he always comes back, and ultimately, they are together Ryan to their deaths. Ryan just his spot is the funniest one amongst us. So, so Ryan, your things go, first is Stockholm Syndrome, second is incest, and third is... <laughs> third is corruption. Pure I don't corruption. know, some attraction to an inanimate Addiction. object. Addiction, I don't know. <laughs> um... Yes. Wow. What's your question, Josh? What's up, fantasy fans? This is Phantology. We have the whole crew here, Stephen, Jake, Josh, Ryan, and Ben. Ben is a lowercase Ben if you're watching on YouTube, but uppercase in all of our hearts. How's it going, everyone? Excited for this month's uh, recap? Lots to talk about this month, so yes. I am moderately excited for it. All right, we'll see if we can up Ryan's excitement by the time this is over. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited for my chance. Oh, wait, are we still entering ourselves in these poll competitions? It depends how many we get that enter by themselves. So, Yeah, we're, we're going to try to get our community in, but uh, if we need extras, we can get you in, Josh. I feel like my duos could win, could go all the way, so I was excited to win some merch, but all right. Wow. Josh is going to create a new Twitter profile just to enter the competition. <laughs> And then when we, if he ends up winning, we're going to send it to his address and make, wait a second, or that is. Dr. Phantology burner account, watch for that. So we are going to cover fantasy news from July, like we typically do. We have some, some mailbag questions if we have time from fans. And then we're covering our August Twitter poll competition, which is going to be top fantasy duos. So it doesn't have to be a romantic thing, just you know, duos as, as far as who the best pairing is in fantasy and we are live streaming so check this out on youtube this is a patreon benefit that we do so every month these are going to be live streamed if you like phantology check us out at phantology books at www.phantologybooks.com and you know consider uh consider joining uh patreon we have several tiers with some different benefits and we're also making youtube push right now trying to get up to 100 youtube subs so we can get that custom url right josh oh yeah that's what i'm excited for what will our custom url be Probably like youtube.com slash something, something YouTube related Phantology. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we can make it a bit more exciting than that, right? I think that they automatically do your channel name for you. Let's start. Uh, so, so let's talk some July fantasy news, guys. So the uh, I'm, I'm going to start off with, uh, with a hot button topic that everyone's kind of seen in the fantasy community. I think you know what I'm going to what I'm going to get into here. So this is some we're talking some Pat Rothfuss, right? So a few days ago, I think this was last week, his editor publicly announced on Facebook she was responding to an article about if authors owe their fans published works or not. And she was defending him a little bit by saying that, like, no, they don't. But also she was saying that Pat has kind of screwed us over lately because I haven't seen anything from him in six years. And her conclusion was she didn't think that he had been writing at all which is way bad for fans of the series. So what you guys? What was your take on this? I mean, it was a pretty limited perspective, just a Facebook post that's since been deleted. It's kind of made its way around in all the clickbait articles now. So I'm guessing people have probably seen it. But uh, what, what was uh, some responses from Phantology? Well, the fact that Patrick Rothfuss hasn't posted 
anything on his blog right or or twitter which i'm i'm verifying right now he has not posted anything on his twitter since july 25th and today is august 1st i don't know it's it's a little bit worrying I, there might be some validity i feel like if there was absolutely nothing true about this patrick rothfuss would have come out right away and said this is not true whatsoever and get out ahead of this whole thing but he's been silent i think that maybe him and his team or they're trying to figure out how to deal with this yeah they're probably in damage control mode a little bit after this do we want to talk about like, the whole debate around it or just like limit it to this post we've had that debate before let's let's talk this post like what, what do we make of this what does this mean for fans of the series yeah i mean i thought it was an interesting perspective coming from the editor right because like she could have turned down other work because of you know she could have accrued opportunity cost so like the fact that she's been material materially damaged by this is concerning to me i don't think that it was like professional courtesy to do it though i mean couldn't you handle it directly with Pat or something? You know, it, it seems kind of underhanded to to post it on Facebook. Yeah, that seems really weird, right? Like Facebook of all places. But who knows? Maybe she has. Maybe she sent him emails and he just stopped responding. I don't think she would have resorted to this if she hadn't have tried some other tactics before. So this is interesting, too, because it's not just the editor, but she is the editor and the president and co-publisher and editor-in-chief of Da Books. So it's not just like one editor in a company. This is a smaller publishing group, and she's the president. So she like does it all. Like, So is it is it the case that like this series is like the only series that has put them on the map? I mean, obviously, they're no, no tour.com, but I've never heard of them in regards to anything besides um, King Killer. Mm, I, I don't know exactly, you know, how, how the series or how the, the publishing house is functioning but obviously yeah i I would say that this is going to be their biggest cash cow here yeah okay so my my take is getting a little bit broader is that of course like you can't you know artists are gonna be artists like it's hard to rush and i get that and that's like i don't want to get into that but at the same time like if i were just to go mia for my job for like six years and then ghost my co-workers on a project that i was working on so i'm not an artist right so I, I understand that it's different. And like, I understand that there's, he's been dealing with mental health issues and I understand all that. So we don't really need to go into all that. But like at some level, you can't just do that in life, right? You can't just ghost people and like not submit things, right? Yeah. Yeah, you think there'd be some level of accountability required. It's hard to say what it is when you're talking art, but still something. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, we don't know that he's ghosting her. If I could guess, I would think that she's probably tried every professional avenue she has to encourage him to make progress on his work. And maybe now this was uh, maybe kind of an appeal to the fans to try and push him along. I don't know. That that would just be my very limited uh, opinion of things. the fans need that push, though? I mean, I feel like the fans have been harassing him for years. It's not like, well, some of them oh, are. Let's, let's try getting all these people annoyed at them about it. I mean, he's... He's so annoyed with it already that we found out he was doing some live stream. And like one of the rules of the live stream was don't bring up doors of stone. Right. That's the Twitch rule. Well, I think part of that is the lack of transparency on his part. No, right. I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't see how appealing to the fans at this point would really make a dent in anything. So here's the thing. I agree that there's some fans that are annoyed. Phantology ran a poll before this all hit the fan 
And there's 200 and some responses and 60% of people have said that artists don't owe fans books. Yeah, but that's not a direct correlation to this situation. Well, I mean, everybody was thinking about either Pat or George R. when they're doing this. So. Yeah. But, but there's a difference in those two. Martin has been pretty yeah. open with like his process, right? He hasn't, I don't feel like he's deceived people. Like people are frustrated, but he hasn't been like deceptive or anything like that. And I don't know if, Roth, if Rothfuss has either, but I have started getting his videos, like his YouTube videos recommended more and more to me. And like, he talks about writing, like he talks like he is currently writing the book. Right. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's writing. Well, but whether, like you can be writing in it, not going to the editor. You that's know? kind of the question, right? Like, why has she not seen anything in six years? It seems strange that it wouldn't be a partnership. Like he writes something and he sends it to his editor and there's some collaboration back and forth. Like that's what an editor's for, right? Like that's how you make progress in your work. Yeah. But if you're writing and you don't think it's good enough to send to the editor and we know he's a perfectionist, then... I don't know. He's not going to send it to the editor. The editor needs to be part of your process. I mean, that's the partnership you have with them. Well, the part of the process is editing the literature you submit. And if he's not submitting anything because he feels like he's stuck or not like progressing, then. I I feel like she has some some information that we don't have because she also said that she doesn't, quote, know if he wants to write anymore. So like to me, that's like there's something that she knows that we don't. It seems like this was maybe an emotional decision on her part. You think so? It's been taken down since. And while she was like fairly cordial about it, like she did say a few times, you know, hey, if Pat sends me something, I'll be overjoyed. I love being his editor. I love his works. It's been taken down since, which makes you think that like maybe she doesn't exactly stand behind everything she was saying. There was some emotional. Or if there's legal responsibilities out there, you know, like if oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be something like that. Maybe there's been some communication behind the scenes that they've agreed to take this down and, and work something out. So we don't know, right? We're operating on really limited information. Imagine if he was um, Robert Jordan and he was <laughs> married to his editor. That would be awkward. <laughs> yeah, that would be some drama. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, none of us have the pretend to be the end all be all on this, right? We all have our opinions and we're all just, we're all fans of the series, but our opinion isn't gospel on this. Yeah. I, my, my opinion is I don't think it's a big deal. Like it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact where like the progress of the book, like we're still at a, an unknown point. In- <clears throat> I don't know. I think before where I had some inkling of hope now that inkling has been dashed. So you have no hope of it being published. She doesn't though. Like the editor, his own editor doesn't think it's ever going to be published. I don't know. It's for that sure worrisome. That isn't what I, I mean. We're coming that. up on ten years now. Well, she specifically said she doesn't think it's ever going to be published. She uh, she didn't say that in so many words, but it was kind of like read between the lines. Anyway, we'll we'll move on past this topic. But uh, I I you know I hope for a book. I hope for the best for Pat. But it is worrisome, right? When yeah. you get this type of news, it's definitely not not good news. And again, Pat's like mental health and him as a person is like, of course, more important, right. Than this book. Yeah. Um, however much that sucks. The best advice that we can give is to go check out other books that Phantology has covered and move on from this series for now. Nice plug. I think that's, that's pretty decent <laughs> advice. Yeah. I yeah, know. Only books that Phantology has covered though. <laughs> okay. Next, next piece of news. Let's talk some TV shows. So there's been a lot of fantasy shows this month on Netflix, uh, to name a few, there was Cursed and Warrior Nun and Umbrella Academy just came out actually at the end of the month, a few days ago. 
I'm like halfway through that right now. When did Dark come out? Dark came out in June, and then and yeah. you guys finished it. What else, what else was there, Josh? The Order. <laughs> the Order. The Order Season 2. Does that qualify? Yes. I mean, honestly, Umbrella Academy is the only one that sounds like qualifies out of all the things. No, you these are all sci-fi fantasy shows, for sure. They they are shows of the right genre, but I think yeah. Jake's saying they don't sound quality enough for us to talk about. <laughs> well, okay. Sorry, sorry to all the Warrior Nun fans out there. It's like when you're scraping the last bit of ice cream off the bottom of the thing. That's what we're doing right now with some of these shows. Just <laughs> desperately trying to get that last bite of ice cream. Yeah. Desperate for some content. I think I think we've all watched at least one of these shows. Well, like I actually had high hopes for Cursed. Like, I was a fan of the first season of 13 Reasons Why, and that's the same actress. And so I was like, ah, could be good. And then I've, I've made through like the first two episodes. It was hot garbage. <laughs> just everything about it was it was just so low budget and cheap. The ending of the first, this isn't really spoilers, but the end scene of the first episode, she was like slaughtering wolves and blood was splattering up on the camera. Like some high school senior was doing this for their senior project or something. And, and it was just like, so cheap and that's how the episode ended so if that doesn't sound high quality to you then maybe pass on this series they're they're trying to make it like a comic book because it's based on a comic book by frank miller so like some of the scene transitions are trying to harken back to like a comic book style but like unless you're a really big fan of like frank miller or comic books in general you probably wouldn't even know that so if you're just coming on to the series with no knowledge you'd be like what the heck is going on the interesting thing about this is I think it's getting like huge numbers on Netflix. People love it. I haven't seen it at all. Like I have no idea what it's about. I've only heard all the negative takes in the Discord on it. So I haven't even given it a chance. Well, I mean, Steven, I think everybody's everything's getting high numbers during quarantine. That's fair. But I think it's leading Netflix right now. At least that's what, that's what clickbait tells me. So was Tiger King, man. Tiger King was, that was some good content. <laughs> You know, crazy enough, you'd think that would fit into a fantasy podcast, but it's all real, guys. <laughs> that that just kicked off 2020. It was like prophetic in ways that no, nobody thought possible. So I, I remember somebody or somebody posted recently and they said, I missed the Tiger King part of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we're a no on Cursed or a yes on Tiger King. <laughs> Warrior Nun? Are, are we also a no on Warrior Nun? I think, Josh, you like watched part of this one. I'm a no on it just based on the name. I don't know anything else about it, but it's going to be a pass for me. I watched, the, I watched the first episode. I went ahead and watched it. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I, I didn't. I, I wasn't compelled to even start the second episode. The name to wow. me makes me think that it'd be like a Sharknado or Velocipaster <laughs> type movie. And I would be down to watch that. It's not even campy like that. Okay, so I'll give the general premise if anyone's interested. It's this uh, girl who is paralyzed and she dies and her body is brought to this group of nuns. And then they get attacked. And so this like angelic type power gets taken out from this girl that is dying and placed into her which heals her and then she goes off and the rest of this ser- season looks like it's going to be fighting these demon type things. So that's the pitch for it. One more movie on Netflix that came out that we haven't talked about yet is the old guard. Like the old guard is what the warrior nun could have been, right? Yeah. Which if you haven't watched the old guard yet, it, it's pretty good. I'll give that a shout out. I, I appreciate it. It was pretty violent. Which one is that? 
So it just came out, I think this week, right, Josh? Yeah, it, well, no, it came out a few weeks ago. Okay, but it's it's like this uh, these group of people, group of like five people that can't die. One person has been living for like a thousand, a thousand years and another person has been living for like 200 years. Anyway, it's only a movie, so it's not like a series, but it's quality. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, that's actually based on a comic too. As Charlie's there, Theron, however you say her name. Oh yeah, Charlie's Theron, yeah. Yeah, so she kicks a ton of butt in it and it has Dudley from Harry Potter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he's in he's in he's the bad guy. He's the villain. Has he what? glowed up as well, like Neville? So he's hot now, is the idea with Dudley? Well, I don't know if hot, but he is definitely different looking. <laughs> I mean he yeah, he's an attractive guy. If if you were a girl, would you be attracted to him? Um, or a gay guy. Uh, Either one. Oh, Josh is flustered. <laughs> That's a yes. It's getting a little hot over there for Josh. <laughs> All right. So and any other Netflix shows to talk about? I think we'll talk Umbrella Academy once it's actually over or, or once we've had a chance to see it. I'm really liking the beginning of season two thus far. Yeah, I've seen the first episode and a half and it's good. I, I like it. Well, great. Okay, so moving out of movies. Yeah, we're ready to move out of movies. Oh, let's also mention there's a Witcher prequel that's apparently in development at Netflix oh. now. So it's uh, supposed to be like 1200 years before the Witcher from the from the show with Henry Cavill, and it's like the the origins of the world. I don't know if I'm super into this to be honest. Like the reason I like The Witcher is because I think Geralt and Yennefer are cool. I'm not super interested in the world. It's kind of like when Kingkiller was getting developed, and I was hearing that it wasn't actually about Quoth. It was like years before Quoth. And sure, the world is kind of cool, but Quoth is the main reason why I like Kingkiller. So I don't know if I'm super into The Witcher prequel, but uh, we'll see. I'd be down to see like the history of the elves there. And I, I don't know the name. I've only seen the show and read the, the first book of short stories, but um, something happened in the past where the elves lost most of their land. And what do they call it? Like the colliding of the spheres or something. Anyways. Yeah. We're, we're outing ourselves as not knowing anything about the Witcher. I'll, I'll Google it real quick. I'll get a phrase. But anyways, I'd be interested if it has to do with that. Hopefully it does. Jake's in. Conjunction of the spheres. Conjunction of the spheres. Yeah. Anyway, that's in development now. It'll, I mean, that's, you know, at least a year away, especially with all the COVID delays. So I don't know if I'm knocking on the door for that one to to come out, but we'll see when it gets here. Moving into books now. So we had, a, we had an exciting release this month in Peace Talks. Josh and I read that and reviewed it with Mike from Mike's Book Reviews. And that video and, and podcast did really well. And then we're looking forward to Battleground coming out in two months now. So I know uh, not all of Anthology is current on Dresden, but Josh and I are both pretty high on Peace Talks. So if you hadn't picked up that one yet, give that a chance, I would say. I mean, if you're a Dresden fan and haven't read Peace Talks yet, what are you even doing? Yeah, I mean, if you're a Dresden fan, you've you got to read it. I mean, it's been five years and it's book 16. So you're you're totally invested at this point. <laughs> yeah. I have heard that Dres- uh, Jim Butcher is a good example of somebody who had some personal or maybe mental health issues, which prevented him from writing for a while, but he was able to get back on the horse and do it, get, get back to it. So maybe there is hope after all for, well, they also did a live stream together, right? This month, Jim Butcher and Pat. yeah, they're buddies. So maybe, maybe Pat's or Jim Butcher's like, you know, giving Pat some pats on the back, you know, yeah, that's for Pat. And to be fair to Jim, I mean, it's been five years since our last Dresden, but he's delivering two this year. And yeah. he also wrote another book and another series since then. So 
that's like three books in five years. I don't think it's really fair to be critical of that. Yeah, that's like the only way you can be better is to like be Sanderson and like pop out a book a year. Or Joe Abercrombie. Yeah. He knocks out books too. So one other book released to mention, Ready Player Two got announced this month. That's coming out in November. I think November, maybe fact check me on that one. But uh, that that was a nice surprise. I haven't really thought about Ready Player One for a few years. And I know Ernest Klein had a follow-up called Armada that wasn't uh, nearly as popular. That was not a good book. You read it, Jake? Yeah, Armada was like, it was like if you took Ready Player One and all the good things about it were gone and you're just left with like the 80s and like all the nostalgia stuff that don't really serve any purpose. Like the plot was super predictable and really preachy. You're saying that the plot of the Ready Player One wasn't predictable? I mean, I'm saying Armada was like 10 times more predictable than Ready Player One. I liked Ready Player One a lot. Yeah, I did too. I'm just saying it was a very predictable plot. (laughs) Was Armada a sequel? A direct sequel? No, just a follow-up book, I think is what Stephen meant by that. Yeah, but I assume Ready Player Two. I mean, that's obviously going to be a sequel. So it's been some time since I've read Ready Player One. Might have to do a reread before that one comes out. It'll be fun to cover it too. I read that book like I think a year or two ago. It was pretty good. Yeah, we should we should cover that one. Okay, and then final piece of news. You guys talked about Sanderson. Phantology cannot go too long without talking about the machine that is Brandon Sanderson. So this month in the Sanderverse, there was the big uh, Stormlight Archive. Way of Kings, Leatherbound, Kickstarter. It's currently running. It is in the top 20 of all-time Kickstarters right now at just short of 6 million. Maybe it's past 6 million. I'm not sure. It's right around there. Uh, This is for the Leatherbound edition of his first book in the Stormlight Archive. That alone is some pretty big news. Shows you how passionate fans are if they're willing to put some serious money into a nice premium edition of the book. He's been live streaming every week and we have rhythm of war chapters that are coming out tor is releasing them on their website every tuesday i think we're getting two chapters a week and so far we've had the prologue in chapters one two and three so i couldn't be more pumped about rhythm of war and also pumped about the how the way of kings leather bound is looking and with that way of kings leather bound we got way of kings prime which is basically like an alternate universe for stormlight the way Sanderson described it was he wrote that book when he thought he wasn't ever going to be published. And he just like wrote the book that he wanted to write. And then he, when he was more successful and was able to approach the story a little bit differently, he had Kelly and make different choices and kind of go a different route. Um, so he gets to look at it like it was kind of an alternative, like spider verse type situation. Isn't Kaladin a knight in way of King's prime? Yeah. So he has like a totally different backstory. He's like noble. It's probably a light eyes. Well, I, I really hope they release an audiobook for that one so I can give it a listen. I don't know if I can sit down and read. Yeah, it, it's like a thousand pages. I mean, it's a full-on Stormlight Archive-level book here. Yeah. you got to get to 7 million, right, for the audiobook? Yeah, that's the stretch goal. So if it can get to 7 million, if it can raise another million dollars in the in the next week, we'll get there. Based on how it's trending, it's probably not going to get there, but that would be pretty that's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think I might need to buy the books. By the leather belt. Yeah, I, I think you do. <laughs> Maybe we can help it along sometime. All right, I'll do a stretch goal at seven million. I'll release some nudes of myself <laughs> if it gets to seven million. <laughs> Dude, you don't want to turn people off. Access to Josh's <laughs> OnlyFans at seven million. 
we need to make this video a fundraiser now on YouTube. Uh, yeah, seven million will release news. All right, we're live streaming. We're we're not going to stop streaming until Sanderson gets to seven million. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, get some caffeine. Buckle up. I have one more thing that I thought of, not really Sanderson related, but we did get some news about a new Halo video game, which I guess is fantasy related. So I'm pretty excited about that. Ryan and I watched live footage together recently. Halo Infinite. We did. It looks pretty good. I heard they're going to make it kind of like a... Open world Halo ring. Yeah, and it's like game of. as a service, or however you say that. So like they expect to release expansions to it every few years instead of like coming out with sequels. They're hoping that Halo Infinite will be like this game that lasts a while, hence the Infinite name. So it's kind of like a, a Skyrim slash Breath of the Wilds take on Halo? Kind of. It's an interesting strategy because i feel like the reason why you release new games every few years is because the hardware improves so much and new gaming engines are released all the time well it's interesting that they're i don't know they're timing this right at the like right as the next xbox yeah they'll be able to write it out yeah xbox one how long has that lasted for what like like 10 10 years years, wow it's it's crazy neither xbox or playstation have released the prices for their next gen consoles and I don't know if they're in like this game of chicken where they're both like getting closer and closer and they're they're waiting for the other company to release their price so that they can try and undercut them. And finally, it's just going to get to the like f- the week before they're like, all right, five hundred dollars. I don't You're just know. Like, I show up with your with your credit card that you- <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. Just take my money. <laughs> sure, I got like a six thousand dollar limit on this thing. Though, so. Yeah, I did have one thing I wanted to talk about Rhythm of War. Last time with Oathbringer, they they did the same thing where they released like a chapter a week kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it started earlier for Rhythm of War. It has started earlier for Rhythm of War than it started for Oathbringer. Like we got like a third of Oathbringer, not even a third, like part one of Oathbringer was out yeah. by the time Oathbringer itself released. I feel like if this continues until November, we're going to get like half the book out. Let's see. So uh, we'd have four weeks eight weeks through September, 12 weeks through October. So there's like, we're at 14 weeks. Never do math on a live stream. I probably mess it up, but we're talking 28 more chapters coming out. Okay. Maybe a third, but I feel like last time it was like a fifth, right? Cause there's five parts to each book. Some of the parts are shorter. Yeah. You guys, I just realized something. Rhythm of War comes out on November 17th and my baby is due on November 10th. Ooh, unfortunate. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's not unfortunate. If you do the audiobook, prime time listening at late, late at night, man. Okay. When you're just holding them. You know what? Just use the book to soothe your baby to sleep. Yeah, Michael Kramer. I will read yeah. to him. I will read to him. I'm looking forward to the times when I can read fantasy to my kids. Well, you can start it off right away. That's like a guarantee that he'll love fantasy for the rest of his life. Depending on how his relationship with you goes, he might hate it. <laughs> well, unless he, unless he like accidentally gets into your... $200 Wave King's books. And <laughs> you might have to disown him if he does that. Yeah, keep the leather bounds away from him. <laughs> I'm going to keep those under lock and key. Um, I just, I got an advertisement recently on Facebook that was like Jerome Flint, the guy who plays Braun in Game of Thrones. Sure. He was narrating, like, I think it's an app called Calm in which it's things that soothe you. I don't know if it's supposed to be soothing you to sleep, but he was reading some sort of fantasy book 
like to soothe you to sleep. It was it was very strange. I think that Joe Jonas or somebody like one of the Jonas brothers also is on there. Do they have soothing voices? I don't know. I don't think Braun from Game of Thrones talking to me is, is going to soothe me. It's going to give me anxiety. Yeah, the only mean. other episode, the only other thing I've seen him in is an episode of Black Mirror that was pretty disturbing. Oh, that was. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys know that Jerome Flint and the actress who played Cersei Lannister were married in real life and then they got divorced? Yeah, Lana Headley. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. their divorce was so bad that in later seasons they couldn't even be on set together. So there's only one scene in like the last few seasons where they're on together at all. Yeah. Did you guys know that that uh, Kit Harrington and Rose blanking on her last name got married? Yeah, Josh. Rose. Breaking Who? nose. Uh, breaking. Breaking, nose. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news from Josh. Oh, yeah, you grit. So they were they're married in real life. You grit. Yeah. You know nothing, Ryan. <laughs> All right, well, look up Jerome Flynn sleep story, everybody. And his voice is actually pretty soothing. We'll not post the lie. link on our Discord. Ryan, I appreciated the last thing you wanted to throw into one of our podcasts, which was a Coltane tribute from Dead House Gates. Josh Ryan and I just recorded that, and that's going to make it on. Did you did you contact the the person that composed oh, man, it? I wasn't or? able to, to make contact. I just uh, made a comment on their video and... <laughs> good <laughs> well I, there's no way to make contact i figure you know i'll just like credit them and at least you ask you know you know what's cool this kind of reminding me somebody on your discord record this podcast it was like a it was a podcast all about role playing within oh what world were they doing it in they do different worlds but they just did wheel of time yeah oh wheel of time that's right and michael kramer and kate reading actually yeah just roll with the podcast you should listen to them they're really good but Kate Reading and Michael Kramer did their intro for them, which I thought was super cool. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I think it's Kate Reading. Well, I'm going to say Reading, Ryan. <laughs> reading is a nice pun. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like she she had a calling from the time she was born. And they're married in real life, as, as long as we're talking about cool marriages. Hopefully they don't get divorced, because that would be bad for a lot of Sanderson Well, they can still, they can still record their own parts separately, yeah. right? I'm sure that's what they do. Yeah. They could have pronunciation battles, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they haven't had a divorce already over that. Pentology <laughs> fans know that Jake is a huge snob on audiobook pronunciations. No, I just, I just don't get it. No, you don't appreciate Michael Cameron's pronunciations. <laughs> People love them so much, and they're great. But I think they mostly love them because they read a lot of their favorite books. But when yeah. you look at like, like their technical abilities. The books come with a glossary in the back that has pronunciation guides. Not only do they not consult the glossary, they don't stay consistent to their own pronunciations between the two of them and and with themselves. There's okay. thousands of names in the Wheel of Time. Yeah, but I'm talking about like main things like Gildon, pronounced Giladon, like throughout half the series. Come on. You're saying that's a main thing. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, Ben... Ben, we understand you have no idea what the Wheel of Time is. <laughs> okay. Also, it's the that Elaine is in, Ben. <laughs> Jake, you also couldn't get through Dresden Files because James Mars- Marsters narrates that and you didn't like him. I didn't like his, t- I didn't like all his like humming and hawing. Like, he's always like, <sighs> when he narrates Dresden. <laughs> You know, you know he's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
I, I've never seen that show. That was one of uh, that was one of Mike's favorite parts about Dresden from Josh's own eyes recording. I I don't like Dresden Files like anyways. I think it's just like okay. And then, but the, I think I the audio book. I think the audio book was was less enjoyable than me just reading it. Jake is becoming the villain of this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> For some reason, my Discord name at Phantology has been turned into Sir Snobian because I can be admittedly a little bit of a snob, but I feel like Jake is the real snob. No, I'm not a snob. I'm, I'm just not afraid to call out people's weaknesses. Like when people are acting like there isn't a weakness there. Okay, that's not a little, that's not a little harsh. I'm just saying as a casual, listening to the audiobooks casually, I think it would be hard to pick up on those things. Yeah, especially when you're going at 2x. Yeah. Ooh, also. Yeah, you miss out on a lot when you do that, Ben. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I wanted to bring up that Netflix announced that they were upping their, they, they're giving the option to formally change their speeds to 2x. So that's awesome. Oh, up from 1.5 to 2x? It's not 2x. It's it's 0.5 to 1.5. Yeah, 0.5 to 1.5. Okay, fair enough. I feel like it's not going to be something you can do while you're casting, only something you can do like on a desktop or a phone. Yeah, you can't YouTube. If you're casting YouTube, you can't adjust the speeds while you cast. Yeah, that's that's why I'm thinking that. Yeah. We'll keep you posted on that. Okay. Anything else with this news news business? Yeah, I think we've kind of uh, we've killed it on the news, and we do not, unfortunately, have enough time to do mailbag questions this month. But uh, patrons, keep on sending those in. We'll, we'll get to them eventually. We're also starting a new thing where we're going to let you know what upcoming recordings we are we are coming up with. So like the week of uh, on Discord, I will let you guys know what's coming up and send us an audio clip of questions you have or just drop some comments or quotes that you enjoy and we will play the audio or discuss uh, your take. So we want to try to involve the fans into our recordings as, as much as we can. And this is one where we are going to do that moving forward. So keep us honest and let us know uh, what books you want us to cover coming up. But let's get into the, the the main meat of this discussion. Well, I don't know. The news was pretty good too. But let's talk our upcoming August tournament on Twitter, which is going to be Top Fantasy Duos. So every month we run this, we're going to have a series of Twitter polls after we compile submissions and create a bracket. And then Twitter, which knows all, will vote on the winner. So uh, you guys you guys looking forward to this one? Duos? I think this is a good one. Yeah. I'm kind of afraid that we're all going to pick the same people. Yeah, I feel like it was hard to find good ones. And even if I tried to exclude romantic duos, because I was thinking more like buddies. But even if you include romantics, I, I feel like it's not a big pool of duos to pull from. My number one is going to be the best. I guarantee that. Do you want to get us started, Ryan? I mean, that sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a flex. <laughs> what? No, I I feel like I always get us started. I want okay, Jake I'll, to I'll start, start us out this. I do want to clarify because our last poll competition, I misunderstood like how we were qualifying things. Jake was saying that the Pokemon world was the top <laughs> world in fantasy. Okay, I understood it as the world I'd want to live in. And honestly, I can't think of anything better than going around camping with Pokemon. Like, I think that'd be great. That is fair. So this is just our 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 preferred duo, right? There's no like best chemistry duo. Just it's just, just whatever appeals to you as a reader the best. All right. Starting off, um, I'm going to say Fred and George Weasley for number three. Okay. 
I feel like as duos go, they're like pretty memorable. It's always them together. They have great chemistry together. And pretty much anytime you're reading that's about something they did in the Harry Potter series, it's, it's a fun time. You're always like excited to see scenes that involve Fred and George Weasley. They get up to some great hijinks. They got great plans that they are able to execute together as a duo. Unfortunately, their uh, Goblet of Fire plot did not pan out as expected. But it panned out good enough for the book. Like, it made it enjoyable, right? <laughs> Follow-up question. Best twin combination, Fred and George Weasley or Ben and Josh from Phantology? Yeah, that's a hard one. Ben and Josh have the psychic component. You guys, finish each other's sentences right now. Do it. <laughs> okay, they, they lose. Hey, hey Josh, uh, Ryan is... <laughs> Ryan is. It's going to be Fred and George. All right, Jacob, let's hear your number two. All right. <laughs> number two, I feel like this is going to be on most people's lists unless you're actively trying to find someone like a duo not to be cliche, but... Uh, We're going Frodo and Sam. Yeah, Frodo and Sam. Yeah. They're like the the OG fantasy duo. They're great. They, While well, Fred and George Weasley comp, like are pretty much the same people, you know what I mean? You wouldn't really be able to distinguish them <laughs> well the way no the way their their characters are written you know what i mean they're always doing things together as a team they have like the same like goals and everything frodo and sam are kind of the opposite where they're more of a team that complements each other with their strengths and weaknesses you got the loyal companion and then frodo just doing what he can to continue with this burden of the ring i think they make for a good duo and then number one i have Locke and john from Ah, geez, gentlemen bastards. I know, I know. I, I think that's what I'm saying. It's a small pool. And the reason I put these above Frodo and Sam is because while they're newer, they don't have the clout that Frodo and Sam have, obviously. But I feel like they kind of have the same thing where they're a duo that complement each other. They kind of provide for each other things that um, they wouldn't have without the duo. And I think their chemistry is a lot more fun to read on the page than uh than the other duos i've mentioned solid solid top three i, w- I wonder how many of those are crossovers yeah like yeah. you say there's not as many but we've also read a lot of the same series so i think when we extend this out to twitter we'll get a lot yeah. of interesting questions yeah i was trying to pull from a sci-fi one but i couldn't think of a real duo in sci-fi sci-fi is not as character based right it's, it's, I, that's what i, would I mean say. it depends on the could have yeah. done uh lock and demosthenes from uh ender's game or Ender and, uh, oh, what's the... What's if his... you want to put these in your top three, then put them in your top oh, three. I'm just saying there's tons of sci-fi. There are, there are. I just couldn't think of anything, and I feel bad. I feel like I'm I'm missing out on some due to that. I'll go next. Okay, let's hear it, Josh. Okay, so my top three are going to be... Number three is Lyra and Will from His Dark Materials. All right. I think that especially in books two and three, they have a lot of chemistry. They complement each other really well. There is like kind of an underlying romance a little bit, but that's not like the focus of the plot at all. And I just really like them. Shout out season two of His Dark Materials coming out uh, soon. Trailer came out. Yeah, the trailer came out and that they would be dropping one of the episodes due to not being able to film for COVID. Which is unfortunate because it was going to be a backstory, an Israel backstory. Oh, man. That's not really part of the books. I was looking forward to that. That's what you wanted in our episode, right? Yeah. That's what I was calling for. Well, Stephen, my condolences. 
I wanted more of James McAvoy, and that seemed like the place that it would come. But uh, oh well, we've lost worse things to COVID than that. Yeah, or better things, I should say. Um, Locke and John on my list too. Ah, I, I know. Locke and John. I know, but they're the best. Like, legitimately, I think that they are the best bromance, like friendship and fantasy. And Stevens rearranging his list over there. I can see him. Yeah, yeah, frantically <laughs> rearranging, looking looking for alternatives. <laughs> I like how they have like a good support, but they also like get into it. Like they they bicker and fight. You know what I mean? Like you get you get both sides of that. Yeah, you can tell that they like they're with each other through thick and thin. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're going to be friends no matter if one of them is being belligerent and idiot, like no matter what John do, or Locke does, like to put himself in danger, Sean is going to be there. And then I also, Jake, had Fred and George on my list. However, nice. however, one of our uh, active Discord people, um, NC Town shout out, he put forward what I legitimately think is the best, uh, one of the best written duos out there, but I didn't think of it, so I wasn't going to include it. Do it, yeah. I'm going to include it. And that is Jake and Oi from uh, Dark Tower. And it is kind of an animal companion, but Oi, the more you learn about him, the more that you know that he is more than just like a kind of regular animal companion. He's amazing. Like that relationship gives you all the feels. If you've ever had like a dog that you care about, you like just have all the feels because of it. But it's even more than that because there's more intelligence there and it's just wonderful. And that's a big standout in the genre. Man, you're still in our Discord users' submissions, Josh? Well, <laughs> we're probably not going to be on the actual poll. I figured that I'd, I'd hopefully throw my weight behind behind that. Okay, okay. We know who you're voting for. Yeah, no, I will vote for it. Whoever can include Jake and Oi, they're, they're getting my vote. Okay, so you're saying Fred and George were just like a mention, honorable mention for you, didn't quite make the top three? Yeah, yeah. I thought that that was going to be original, but... Nope. My bad. Yeah, it turns out it's harder to do than, than you might think. All right, Ben, Ryan, which one of you guys is, is taking it up now? I'll, I'll go, I guess. <laughs> Ryan wants to go last. <laughs> Save the best for last. I'm going to go. We'll, 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 uh, we'll All right, it up a little bit. let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, if you go first, you don't have to rearrange your list anymore. <laughs> All right, my number three, and I didn't change this one. I legitimately had this one down. I'm going Fitz and the Fool. From the far series. Dang it. <laughs> ah, I knew I was going to get you to tell him, Ryan. It's okay. It's okay. I, I wasn't going <laughs> to put him on it anyways. We got the tape, Ryan. You can't say that dang it didn't mean anything. I was saying dang it because I just hate them right. together. Oh, okay. So so alternative take. Anyway, I Fitz and the, Fitz and the Fool are awesome. These are our main, um, kind of our main protagonists for... The majority of, of the Farseer trilogy and onward into a lot of Robin Hobbs' different works. And while they can both be frustrating at times, they support each other really well. And the, the Fool is a super um, enigmatic character, kind of like a, a, a Hoyt or Wit from Sanderson's works. But, uh, but both are really well written, really well realized characters, and are a lot of fun to read. And my number two is going to be. Jon Snow and Sam Tarly from oh, Song of yeah. Ice and Fire. Nice. Yeah, good duo. Nice. And I know there's a lot of kind of Lord of the Rings references here with, uh, I think with, with Sam especially, obviously, you know, Sam, Sam. I mean, that makes sense. But I think there were some other deeper things that some people on Discord 
we're talking about. But but these two guys, um, you know, whenever they're together, which is not all the time, but but when they are, they have each other's backs. They're both different types of characters, kind of like what you guys talked about with Frodo and Sam. And Sam is a fun character as as you see him grow um, and, and become, I, I guess, a little more uh, more more courageous and, and grows a character throughout. I mean, same with John, right? This the series kind of covers the majority of their lives or does it because it's game of thrones. So you never really know what's, what's going to happen with characters. Nice non-spoiler. Steven. Yeah. That's why I said, or does it? It's so good, you know, it's a good save. Yeah. And then my number one duo, I'm going to some of my favorite characters in fantasy. I'm going to stormlight archive and it's going to be Kaladin. No! And Syl. No! Yeah. Steven. Ben has been sniped. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, so th- these are great characters because Kaladin's an awesome character, first of all, just the more you kind of get into his headspace. And he can be frustrating um, at, at times. And I think recently I've been a little more frustrated with him because I just want to see him kind of go in directions where he's having trouble going. But I think it's very human and very understandable. And Syl is a great foil to him. It's fun to see Syl become more, more of a character in of herself and kind of gain a personality as as time goes on and they both uh you know help each other out in different ways and i'm not going to do spoilers but uh but those are two great characters and those are my top three steven i'm a little surprised that you didn't put in quoth and denna um yeah maybe like recent news has kind of soured me a little bit but also they're like not a great duo right i mean they're fun to read about maybe but they're also super frustrating and i feel like it, maybe it's not going in a great direction for them. So I don't know if I can say they're my top duo. But if we're saying top romances, I mean, they're one of my top romances to read about, even though they're frustrating. I just feel like their relationship is very, just, I don't know, dynamic, different. Are but they're not in my top, top three, three either. No. no, we're not. I want to hear Ben's first. Steven, <laughs> my number three is actually payback for you sniping my top spot. Okay. And it is going to be Wax and Wayne. Oh my gosh. Listen, no, no, no. Okay, first of all, okay. no, one I character defend, I is perfect, super boring. The other character is Mr. Obnoxious, super cheesy. Yeah, this is the perfect duo. Listen, first <laughs> of all, they're the perfect duo because of Wayne's origin story and how Wax was able to, to pull him out, out of the pit of despair after he accidentally killed, some, I think it was a... Okay, spoilers, spoilers. Okay, sorry. Jeez, that's like <laughs> a big reveal. I can go straight to the spoilers. Okay, hold on. That's, that's not... like that's like second book. No, it's not second book. It's the first book, and it's also not uh, important to say plot elements of the book. Yeah, yeah. You guys are th- once again. You guys are thinking Ben is spoiling a different thing, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think. After my recent reread of Mistborn, I still think his attempts to spoil Mistborn were probably not the best thing. Listen. Wayne's backstory is helped tremendously by Wax, and they they support each other. They they give each other a fun dynamic, and I think that they're a fun they're a fun duo to read about. Okay, also disagree, but we can move on. Shout out the perhaps the greatest duo of all time, not fantasy related, which is Sean and Gus from Psych. So I, I got to put that out there. You put you on. put Sean and Gus on your list. <laughs> no, no, they're not they're not fantasy. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, does that mean we can throw in like Chuck and Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. Okay. So Wax and Wayne for my number three spot. Number two spot, Egwene and Avianda. Did I pronounce that right, Jake? Uh, close enough. Yeah. 
Okay. Who are near sisters? It's a Michael Kramer association. So the fact that they have this like near sister relationship is just awesome to me. They travel throughout the world and through series in large part together. They're so different. Like they're incredibly different, but they find a way to make this fantastic friendship. So I, I enjoy that. And for my top fantasy spot, I'm going to go Darrow and Severo from Red Rising. Oh, considered. I considered the, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, awesome. Both of these characters are super... It's a good sci-fi one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's so cool how Severo has complete fealty to Darrow and loyalty, and yet is his own character with his own motivations, his own backstory, and not to spoil anything, because apparently I'm making a name for myself for that, but like the third book, (laughs) Several really um, shows that he's learned a lot of lessons that Darrow's taught him and kind of um, made them part of himself and is able to save the day by by implementing all those lessons that he's learned from Darrow. So anyway, um, super, super fun fantasy duo there. Hey, Jake, I'm, I'm concerned to ask this question because I feel like I might out myself as a Wheel of Time noob, but isn't, aren't Elaine and Avienda near sisters? Like, I don't think Egwene and Avienda are near sisters, are they? Um, when it's for sure Elaine at the end of because yeah, no, well it, I guess you don't want to say spoilers, but like there's that whole yeah yeah I don't remember the the terminology if like near sister is when you're just friends with like you're like friends and then something else happens when you do something else I could remember the the terminology but when something else happens I don't this is all spoiler right. I don't know right 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 <laughs> I've been like wait, wait. thinking about it but I didn't want to say anything because it's all spoilers so. But Elaine and Avienda are the friends? I thought it was Egwene. I don't know. Never mind. Egwene and Avienda do develop a good friendship, but then... No, no, no. Near sisters are just when you're really close friends with somebody. So it's definitely Egwene and Avienda. No, it's like a formal bond, though. Okay, but I'm just going for... Fine, fine. They're the friendship that they that the two of them have. All right. Man, Man we're, we probably... we're a bunch of noobs. We're a bunch of noobs. Yeah, this is embarrassing that we put out Wheel of Time podcasts with, with this... Uh... With this mistake, but uh, <laughs> well, this well, Ben is showing why he is no longer part of the <laughs> time podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm just interested why he didn't go for Elaine and Avienda because we know he's an Elaine man. So near sisters are close friends. You can do something to become first sisters. Okay, I, I'm just saying. I one of the highlights of the series for me was Egwene and Avienda and the friendship that they had. I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. It's for like book. Um, okay, not gonna say. It's this. definitely like a later, like later on in the series. That's kind of that that friendship kept me going through this slog. Okay, okay. No, that no, that that's fair. I guess I just wanted to make sure we had our terminologies correct. And uh, and I like the Darrow Several one as well. I think we just skipped over that, but but that's a solid submission. We we may have to come back to this after after the recording is done to try to figure out some details on that to know what should be edited out for spoilers. But <laughs> I think it was fine. I think we get that fairly spoiler free. Okay, now I guess uh, Ryan's been waiting for for the grand finale. He wants to cap us off, so we're expecting big things from him. It's top three, so now's the time for my third pick. Let me let me just set things up. Imagine this: a princess <laughs> falls in love with a sentient Aww. wizard, but their plans to be married are always thwarted by a scary Italian plumber. Yes. My number three pick is Peach and Bowser. <laughs> I just 
love their love story and it's frustrating every game that mario somehow Man. clutches peach yeah, out mario of is bowser's villain, talons jake Ryan just topped your Pokemon pick, man. Yeah, yeah, he did for sure. And the the like the lead into that. That was the blue shell for sure, right before the finish line. Well crafted words. My number blue two shell pick is a, a story of love that literally surpasses all cultural norms and infidelity, and that is the oh, love yeah. between oh, Jamie yeah. and Cersei <laughs> Lannister. Uh... Despite all of Cersei's infidelity and scary sociopathic tendencies. Jamie and Cersei find true love with one another. And I hope that continues throughout the next books because they're my or number do two they? picks. Or do they? With Game of Thrones, we always have to say, or do they? <laughs> <laughs> or do they? Or do they? And my number one pick is also from Lord of the Rings. And that is the love that Gollum has for the one ring to rule them all. <laughs> There's a theme Despite <laughs> all odds, the ring trying to get rid of Gollum, he always comes back. And ultimately, they are together Ryan to their deaths. Ryan just secured his spot as the funniest one amongst us. <laughs> so, so, Ryan, your things go, first is Stockholm Syndrome. Second is incest. And third is... <laughs> There is corruption. Just, pure corruption. I don't know, some attraction to an inanimate Addiction. object. I don't know. <laughs> um, yes. Wow. Kind of worried your about your relationship right now. <laughs> Dang, right. This doesn't reflect anything on my own well, marriage. I, I hope not. Uh, Josh. And, and apparently Ryan of, is reproducing, so there will be more of this type of thought in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the ring was originally made for Sauron, and it keeps trying to return to him, but Gollum keeps getting it so, back. I guess Ryan really hadn't picked Fitz in, uh, or Fitz in the Fool. Come on, no, man. He had, a whole, he had a whole narrative set yeah. up. This was his plan they're, all along. They're, they're, Fitz in the Fool's love is just just noob levels compared to the romance Incest, that Stockholm I picked. Syndrome slash corruption possession. So, Ryan, do you have any other picks that you want to just throw out there really fast? I think uh, he said his piece. He said his piece, all right. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that picking Sean and Gus and Wax and Wayne, <laughs> it's really like they're just archetypes that have that were founded on Sherlock Holmes and Watson. So I think you should have just picked That's Holmes cool. and Watson, Ben. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Is there any way we could have our, like, do some sort of, I guess it's kind of the same, but I don't know if people rank our submissions, like who out of our live stream here, the five of us had the best. Here's a way. Here's a way. Hey, listeners, why don't you go on <laughs> Discord and let us know which of the five you like the best? Mainly just because of that dig Ryan had at Ben right there to see like. <laughs> our okay, we'll, wow. we'll set up a poll on Discord. Yeah. Any special shout outs? Because I, I feel like there there's a few that do. I think Ender and Valentine from, or uh, Peter and Valentine from Ender's Game is a good one. I think Jane and Ender is another yeah, good one from Ender's Jane Game. And, Ender. yeah. and then uh, if we're keeping it with Ender's Game and that series, um, Bean and Petra, I think they were a good. good Hadrian and Royce from, uh, I, I'm blanking on the name. What's the um, name? Steve? Yeah, the Michael J. Sullivan, the Ryeria. Yeah, Ryeria. Yeah, those are going to be popular. Yeah. The, I know that's a popular duo. 
What about what about Harry and Hermione? I mean, Harry Potter, you can combine any two characters and say they're a good duo, right? Yeah, I think we're Harry and Ron. They're kind of a trio. Yeah, they're a trio. I feel like they're a trio. You can't you what can't about split James up the trio. Perhaps one of the most hated and loved duos of all time. James and Sirius is pretty good. Yeah, we could do we could do the uh, the soldier and his time skipping girlfriend from the Shri- Hyperion. Yeah, Ryan. I can't remember her name. Her name's kind of a spoiler, I was, I was, anyway. So I was thinking about that. Say it. I was thinking about that when you were when you were thinking of uh, fantasy. I don't know. They're not really a duo. They're kind of this weird yeah. romance that takes. Yeah, when place. I thought of sci-fi, that was the first thing that came to mind. So, and I was like, I don't think it applies. I'll, I'll throw out Jonas and Martha or Marta. How you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was all and Adam and Eve. About them too. Yeah, yeah. Eva, Eva, Wait, Eva. Wait. Ryan, when did you watch Dark? Eva. I just finished it this past oh, week. Oh, I love Dark. Shut <laughs> up, you know, Steven. You know, our first live, our first like Fantology Five live stream, we were having a hard time getting our schedules put together, and Steven said to us, "Look, if all of us do it on this date, I promise I will watch Dark." That was two months ago. I didn't attach a date to it. I'll watch it eventually. I seriously will watch it eventually, but. It is a really good show. Steven, you should not be scraping the bottom of the bucket with like these crappy Netflix shows until you've watched Dark. Like it is a yeah. legitimately amazing show. The only show. thing that's holding me back is it's in German and I'd have to do subtitles. You can do you can do English audio. Yeah, just do English it. audio. Uh, I guess if I'm not like watching the screen all the time, the dubbing might be fine anyway. Subtitles are better. I did English audio and it was weird. The the dub is I better, but you Sydney. get used to it. Yeah. I watched it both ways, and I do prefer subtitles, but you get used to the dub. Yeah. Let me throw out a few more honorable mentions. I will watch Dark eventually, I promise, but I can be full of crap sometimes anyway. It's going to pull a Rothfuss on us and never never watch it. Ooh, nice way, way to circle. bring it full circle. Yeah. So I think I think Vin and Sazed from Mistborn are really good. I guess Vin and um, Ellen as well, but e- either one could work. Oh, Kelsier and his brother... They're good. Marsh. Kelsey and Marsh are, yeah, are Marsh. good. Yeah. yeah. Are they really a duo it's, though? It's, yeah. more a, it's more of a background duo. I yeah. don't know. They have, they have history and chemistry together. Yeah, and Marsh is more like underappreciated than Kelsey is. Kelsey is kind of like yeah. the face of the operations, but Kel- but Marsh like really makes a lot of stuff happen behind the scenes. Yeah. I think there's a lot that we could have said in Wheel of Time. Those characters are all so well fleshed out that I mean, Rand and almost anyone could be a good duo. And, Matt and, and Talmanis, or however you say his name. Yeah. They're a good duo. There's a romance that comes up at the very end that was an unlikely duo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't say that one. Maybe like Matt and Pink Ribbons as well could be a good duo. Pink Bow. <laughs> what about oh, the Aelfin and the Aelfin as a duo? Yeah. <laughs> do, they ever, do they ever travel to each other's world? What about Master Chief and Cortana? Oh, Master Chief and Cortana. We even brought Halo. How did they not make it? Dude, Halo 4, that just pulls my heartstrings every time. And Halo I 2. I mean, Halo 3. Halo where he comes back for her. And ben, you're like, a bachelor this weekend, dude. Let's just stay up all night playing like, it. When I make a girl a promise. <laughs> I'm so listening, Ryan. Guys, I have more duos, I want to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm just scrolling through our Discord uh, books and, and throwing out duels. I'm going to say from Lightbringer, uh, Gavin Guile and Karis White Oak are a really good duo, one of the better romances. And I think someone needs to include those on their top three. We just reviewed Deadhouse Gates, so I got to say Coltane and Diker, two of my faves from that individual book, were awesome. 
They're yeah, but really they're together duo, enough, though. and they're both awesome, so I'm going to say they're a duo. Listen, Ryan is trying to tell you that your duo isn't a duo. Do we remember his duos? <laughs> like, come on. There wasn't enough weird stuff going on. So. Shut up. Mine, my duo is all about love overcoming obstacles, all right? Maybe you guys should try it in your lives at one point. I'm going to say uh-huh. Harry Dresden and Murphy from Dresden Ooh. Files. There's a lot of good Dresden duos Harry as and well. Bob. Yeah, Harry and Bob, sure, sure. Thank you, Jake, for that. Any good first law duos? Maybe like uh, maybe Logan Ninefingers and well, no one's really a good duo with Logan. Being realistic, who's well? Who's the who's the girl that they? Pharaoh, you're thinking of yeah, Pharaoh. I guess Pharaoh, Lo- Logan and Pharaoh. Pharaoh maybe? They're not, yeah, not yeah, really they, no one's really duo. a good combination with another character in first law. I mean, they're all good characters, but none of them really get along. That's what makes them good characters. Yeah, anytime you think about two characters in that series, you just kind of start to squirm a little bit. Like, okay, how could these characters best kill each other? We really should have defined what we mean by duos more so, uh, because it's like proximity isn't necessarily a duo, and that's what you're getting at with Diker and Coltane. They're together, and I mean, just because brothers doesn't make them a duo. I will not chill. I am snob. I'm going to be sort of snobby right, I got right one now. more duo, and that's going to be Valen Alsorna and Sharon, sister freaking Sharon. Oh, my god. That's my last duo I'm throwing out there. That's that's not a well. That's not a super well-known series, but it's a good one. I thought you were going to put, like, Canis. I thought Canis would have been a good one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like yeah. Sharon more. Oh, Vasher and Nightblood? That's yeah, and Vasher and Nightblood. That's a good one. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's a lot more from Cosmere that we could have came up with. Yeah. Ooh, or or what's the king uh, in Warbreaker? The king and and Siri. Yeah, and the Siri. god king and Siri. Oh, I activated Siri. <laughs> Naive king and colorful hair princess. That was a pretty fun combo, though. What What about Lycanius? They're kind of a trio. Yeah, we're in. Uh, what's his face? In Davian. Yeah, yeah, we're in Davian. Davian. They're for sure a duo in the first book. Oh, Caden and Nethgola. Caden and Nethgola, right? Oh my gosh. Neth- oh, that's a good combo. Yeah. I haven't read the third one still. I mean, that, Come that's on, man. like a, a loose there and Lanfear type thing. <laughs> All right. I think, I think Pentology is scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Yeah. Whatever. We're in, uh, and Davian are a good duo. Yeah, they're okay. For our clip, you should see Come See the Phantology 5 Scrape the Bottom yeah, of the Barrel. Do we have access to uh, like a movie trailer announcer voice? Well, Ryan obviously just showed you. Oh, yeah. I, I can be it. <laughs> Coming up, Fantology scraping the bottom With of the bed. Five adult men talk about fantasy. Have you guys for seen an interdimensional and and Rick and Morty episode? <laughs> oh, dang. You what about Rick and Morty? A good duo. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Good duo. Great duo. All right. That's it for Fantology. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, we'll, we'll see how much of this gets cut, but it's staying in the YouTube video. So thanks for tuning into our live stream. Thanks, the, uh, thanks, patrons, for supporting. Check out Phantology at Phantology Books. Join our Discord and chat with us. Please sub on YouTube so we can get to 100 soon. And we also have some merch available if you're into that. So lots of opportunities to be a part of the community and support the ever-growing nerd presence in the world. We're looking forward to the latter half of 2020 with a lot of new releases. And we're going to get those to you guys as soon as possible. So, Jake, Josh, Ryan, and Ben, thanks for being on. Fun to have the full crew on. Uh, We'll see everyone next time. Thanks. See ya. All right. Sounds good. Still alive.